The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers, other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. What's up, family? I'm your girl, Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are host of Street Politicians, the, the place, place where, where the streets, streets and, and politics meet. We have such a such a uh, show today with show, so many show. We got a show, show. so many powerful individuals and things we have to talk about. Um, and so I do not want to have a long introduction today. If that's okay with you, you know, I think I, mean, I listen, run. man. We got a, we got a long show. We got a lot of people. Who you need to hear from, some good topics, our friends, some people that we just respect. So we don't got to talk long. We don't have to talk long. So you're okay with I'm that? I'm okay. Because you yeah. said, I tell you what to do. And then they said, Yes, mom. Bullying. Yeah, y'all just be bullying the, me. The whole, look, y'all don't understand this whole thing. It's a bunch of women in here. <laughs> and there's men. There are like men I, in the room. Today, today, we happen to outnumber. But for the most part, I'm bullied. Oh, are you, right are you trying to like get your message across I to the world? Want, I'm this is an SOS. Like. <laughs> so you see, they laughing because they know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? I'd be like, yo, in the street, like I'm like a G. Like you, y'all can't treat me like this. We'll just make you better. Y'all people crazy. Whatever. We'll just make anyway. you better. So I think we can just jump right into my thought of the day. What is your thought you of the day? You wanna know what my thought of the thinking. day is? My thought of the day is that when you know you're going to talk too much, don't talk too much in the beginning, talk later. So I already thought about it, and I think we should go right into our Lord, guests. Lord, <laughs> listen to me. That's a great thought of the day, man. So we're going to go straight into the guests. Y'all yes. make sure that y'all tune in. Yeah. That's how we own it. 
21 years ago, uh, a gentleman that is coming to the show today put out an album called Shine um, that was his historic. I mean, I don't know how many millions of downloads now. It, it, at that time, it, it would have been record purchases. Sales. It, it would have been record, record sales, right? Millions and CDs, uh, and- that that Shine uh, was able to accomplish here in America. Um, someone that we love and respect, and I, I don't know too many black people that don't say Sean was the absolute, absolute man. And he still is. He is the 10th opposition leader uh, for the House of Representatives in Belize. After completing a 10-year sentence for an incident that happened in a New York City club, he was deported to Belize. Um, People thought he would never make it back to the stateside, but he is here. Uh, He's been coming back to America and working with government officials and community leaders to try to bridge a gap between his country and this country. And we are super, 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 super excited to have Shine with us today. Also today, we're talking to uh, Dr. Lilia Solano uh, from Colombia, who does peace work and fights for justice in Colombia, working specifically with young people. She has been acknowledged by the United States for her peace work in Colombia. And we're going to have a conversation with her today, this humanitarian, this activist. We're going to be talking to her about the issues in Colombia and how it relates to what we deal with and what we fight for right here in the United States. So we have two really, really powerful guests coming up today. And we decided to cut down um, some of the pieces of our regularly scheduled programming because we really don't want to rush these interviews. We want to get really, really into And I certainly want to hear what Brother Shine has to say. So stay tuned. It's going to be a good one. That's how we own it. So once again, we are joined by another one of our friends. Another friend. um, Someone who I respect. You know, we came through the ranks together through hip hop. And just to watch his evolution from a hip hop artist is just phenomenal. He is the 10th. Opposition leader of the House of Representatives in Belize, mm. the former whip. Mm-hmm. He sits on so many different stages and levels of government in Belize. Yeah. And he's a dope rapper. My brother, <laughs> my friend, Jamal Shine Barrow. How you doing today, King? I'm doing great. Thank you for that uh, drum roll. A wonderful introduction. Yes, my brother. man. I, I yes. appreciate it. Tamika. Thank you so much for it's, being it's with us to be today. Here. It's a pleasure to be here. How you feeling, man? You know, it's, you know, it's always time. it's always great to be in New York City. Um, mm. It's my second trip. Mm. You know, I'm here. I, this is only your second trip? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I came in August. Wow. I went back to Belize to get back to work. And then I came back to the United States on Friday and mm. I came to New York City on Sunday night. Mm. And I was, uh, you know, to meet with Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin and uh, Congressman Sirius, who is the chairman of the House of Representatives Western Hemisphere Committee. Mm. Mm. I have a few other meetings. Wow. Scheduled, yeah. So you you out here doing yeah, big, big political things. On behalf of Belize, That's you right. know, um, you know, certainly I commend you and Mice for the work that you guys do uh, serving uh, your country and your communities. And there's no difference in what I'm doing. You know, I really think it's all about service. Mm. Uh, so whether or not you are a politician or a street politician, mm. you know, the purpose is service and mm. helping people and making the society that we live in better. Mm. Uh, so, you know, 
Mice and I used to do that in our raps. And uh, it's really no difference. When I first got into politics, I used to go to every rally and, you know, watch the speakers speak. Mm. And I used to laugh to myself because I said, you know, I used to perform in front of tens of thousands of people. Right. And, you know, because it's, it's an art, mm. you know, it's a method, it's a rhythm. Mm. Um, but the difference is for them, maybe I don't know what their purpose is because, you know, politicians can be scurvy and, and lack ethics and mm. morals and honor. Uh, but for me, there was always purpose when I was rapping. Mm. If you listen to my first album, you know, the, the intro, the first thing I said was, you know, dear America, please save me. I'm only what you made me young and crazy build schools instead of prison and I'll stop living the way I'm living. Mm. Um, teach me a craft or a trade and I wouldn't be on the block every day serving that. Yay. The reason I mentioned that stanza right Those there. Those is bars right there though. No, that was their America. Yeah, 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 I know. So I'm just saying that is the, I'm the embodiment of that as a member of the House of Representatives. Mm. That's my platform. That's what I fight for every day to create a better reality for the disenfranchised and the disinherited. So the transition is seamless because basically what I was rapping about, I was giving a voice to the voiceless. Mm -hmm. Now as a member of the House of Representatives, I am responding mm. to that voice because I still hear that voice because wow. I was that voice. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very in tune and pay keen attention to those voices and I want to change the reality so those voices don't have to make those complaints. So yeah. this is dope. You know what I'm saying? Watching you evolve, coming from where we come from, both of us changing our perspectives and understanding our calling and our purpose is to do something higher. You know, music is the foundation. You know, it was our way of voicing our struggles. It was our way of describing the pain in our community. So watching you, seeing it, and, and just understanding what it is for me, you know, it's commendable. But there are a lot of kids, right? That's probably 16 to 17. It's like, who's Sean? I've heard yeah. Sean, I've heard some of you. But who is he? Yeah. I want you to give like a brief synopsis of from your time getting signed until now so people can kind of understand. This brief, I don't want you to go through the whole thing, yeah. but just give a synopsis, a little bit of a story, a little bit of history so that they can understand exactly who you are because i know the full shine yeah. like we was in the studio we was everything so i know yeah. the full shine but just give yeah. them a little and you know usually on our show we get upset because our segments are so short with our guests you would be the first guest that we actually are like let's get deep into okay because you deserve you like deserve I'm, that i'm you honored i'm honored and it's a privilege you know i'm a kid from belize you know, my mom immigrated from Belize, which is in Central America, paradise, um, back in the 80s. And, you know, I was just an immigrant kid, single mother that was fortunate enough to sign to Bad Boy Records uh, back in 98. Um, you know, after B.I.G. passed away and Mace became religious and the locks went to Rough Riders, uh, you know, basically it was, you know, shine. You know, I was like, a, I would say maybe Kobe Bryant. You mm. know, uh, I don't know who who to really what rookie to really describe it, but everything was really on my back, and um, there were a lot of expectations. Um, but I was very fortunate to get it together. Had some great uh, friends such as Mice, 
gave me some great uh, learning lessons I'll never forget. You know, being from Brooklyn, I, I think it's just a New York thing, but certainly Brooklyn got a lot of confidence, overconfident, super confident. And I had one of the most humbling experiences in uh, Puff used to have a restaurant called Justin's. And you know, I was young, 19 years old, you know, new millionaire, um, you know, driving 600s and, you know, rollies and, you know, that era of living. And, you know, so we were in the parking lot at Justin's and it was like, listen, you know, mice is better than you. And I'm like, and so we start rapping and he, he smoked me. And wow. I say all that to say that humbling experience allowed me to work harder mm -hmm. and to dig in and to realize that it wasn't about the material things. It was really about the purpose. Mm -hmm. And the purpose was being a voice for all my friends that were still in Brooklyn, still struggling, still having a difficult life mm -hmm. and really giving them a platform and giving our story a platform. That was when rap was rap. Yeah. That's yeah. when you had to battle. Like, yeah. you know, like shot, like he says, yeah. he's, he's being honest. He was the top person. Mm. Yeah. Like everybody in the hood was saying, Sean just got this million dollar record deal. Yeah, he's yeah. the man. Yeah. Yo, he's the next biggie. Everybody. Yeah. So I'm hungry. I'm coming from the block. I ain't yeah. got nothing. I got <laughs> holes in my shoes. You know, yeah. my man Tone picked me up off the block. Yeah. And you see Sean. He out there, him and Nori's just rapping. Yeah. You know what I I'm think saying? you got a deal after that, yeah. right? Like yeah. I got I literally got signed <laughs> because that's what it was. It's like yeah. you actually had to compete. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you didn't have to shoot each other. You didn't have to yeah. shoot each other. You had yeah. to rap. And everybody in the industry in there, and I was like, this is my time. It's now and never yeah. for me. Yeah, so yeah. like, how does that work? Like, so then, because now if you have a battle and one person wins the other, then the teams kill each other. So what is it really like that right not now? Really. No, I don't know. I think not, not battle. Very, no, very battle rap is, no, battle rap right now is one of the biggest form of hip hop. Like, okay, so shout out to my brother Goods, Loaded Lugs, Murder Movie. You talking about this? Yeah. Now, you talking about, talking about real beef. Like beef, now beef has it's transferred. From battle rap. Yeah, it's battle rap and beef okay, is two well, different things. So now people are getting signed based yeah. off beef. You get the beef, you put it on the record, yeah. you talk about how you shot at somebody and they give you a million dollars. No, before it was actually the skill level of battle and who mm, came yeah. over the, educate me, the, educate the real punchlines and who yeah. came up. And, and we was gladiators, man. Yeah. You know, and it was just like, and we grew a respect. We became really good friends. Like Definitely. I was in the studio with Sean. Respect to Tone and yep. to Nigel and, and to, you know, the guys that we know from back in that era. So 21 years ago on September 26th, for all of you young, uh, young bucks out there, <laughs> um, young whippersnappers, uh, 21 years ago, on September 26th, I put out my first album, right. Shine, eponymous debut album, Shine, and sold over a million records. Um, was number two on the rap billboard, R&B billboard, um, and yeah. Who and was number one? I think um, Nelly. Mm, okay. Oh man, Nelly, yeah, was, Nelly was Nelly was a nightmare. <laughs> I don't know what they was doing. Like every week, they were selling 200,000 records for like. For like a year yeah. straight, yeah, I've never seen anything like that in my life. Wow. Um, yeah. So so yeah, that's who I am. I put out uh, another album also, Godfather Buried Alive. Um, that was the number one R and B rap album in two thousand four. You know. Um, and why was it called Godfather Buried Alive? Because I was buried alive. You know. Um, for, again, for you, for the younger generation, you know, I I had spent um, about ten years in prison because of an unfortunate incident uh, in a club where, you know, someone was trying to kill my friends, kill me, and I defended uh, my friends and, 
unlike some of the young rappers today who have no morals and no ethics and absolutely no integrity, for me, you know, and for mice and for the generation that we come from, that's that's everything. You know, if, if you don't have integrity, you have nothing. Um, so I, I refuse to cooperate and, and try to get my friends in trouble to get myself out of trouble. Mm. Um, you know, and, and so I had to, I had to pay my debt to society, you know, because I, I did have an unlicensed gun, but I was defending myself. You know, I wasn't causing any trouble. Um, and I put out another album. I was fortunate to do a distribution deal with uh, Def Jam mm -hmm. uh, during that time. And we put out Godfather Buried Alive, one number one. Only Tupac was the only other person to do that. Mm. Um, yeah. And here I am now, over 40 million records uh, sold as a writer, uh, publisher, and performer. You know, I, I did Usher. We won a Grammy for that album, of Confessions. Mm. They called me while I was at Clinton Denimore, same place Tupac was. Um, well, you, you and Tupac was there at the same time? No, no, no. Oh, no, no I was no, about no, to no. say. Wait, you, you, might be, you might be from there. that young generation, too. Wait a minute. Yeah. When did it, when, oh, okay. No, before yeah. you. Yeah, because I was about to say, when you said that, it just made no, me no, think. No, no, yeah, no, no. I'm sorry. Okay. But yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm going to say no. Yeah, so, so we won a Grammy for, for Usher, Confessions Remix, which mm -hmm. I recorded in the yard in Clinton Denimore. I had to go to the box for that because, mm -hmm. you know, I was pulling a lot of fast ones on mm -hmm. Governor Pataki. He was the governor back then. Um, yeah, so so that's who I am. You know, I'm, I'm considered a hip-hop legend for you young guys. It sound better if Mike said than, than, the if, truth, than if I would say He's a hip-hop legend, man. He, <laughs> yeah. He's somebody who turned his passion and his pain and his trauma and then came out even after being honorable. And I say this all the time. Like he said, it's about integrity and morals and this is what we stood on. And rather than involve somebody else and get somebody else in trouble for things that we've done. We took responsibility for our own situations and we handled that. We paid our debts to society and we came out and that's legendary for me. And and the skill level that you possess, you know, and then seeing that you came home, right? And it's a, and I know it's hard because it's you come home and people have this expectation for you to stay the same person. They mm -hmm. want you to be, oh, yo, Sean busts his gun, he this and that. And to come home, evolve, and say, nah, this, mm -hmm. you know, and, and change that. Mm -hmm. Knowing that you can grab onto that whole energy and, mm -hmm. and live off of that, but saying to yourself, nah, I'm gonna change that. And I'm gonna utilize what y'all celebrate me for, and I'm gonna change the perspective. I'm, I'm gonna make sure that kids that's 19 and 20 don't do the same thing that I did. I'm, I'm gonna lead that's them right. into a different direction. That's and that's right. legendary. That's right. You know, that that's in right. itself is legendary. So right now, What's your position again? You are the tenth. Well, I I I was an opposition leader of the House of Representatives, the the tenth, and I've been succeeded uh, recently by another member of the House of Representatives. But I'm still a member of the House of Representatives. You know, I sit on the Foreign Affairs and National Security and Education House committees, to to name a few. Um, you know, I represent the great people from Mesopotamia mm. constituency, and you know. My constituency is filled with young shines mm -hmm. who, you know, due to a lack of financial resources, a lack of, you know, family structure, um, you know, just disinherited, disenfranchised. So for me, every time I go to the House of Representatives and I stand up in the House, I'm fighting uh, for, you know, uh, to eradicate poverty, you know, to bridge the gap between the rich and the poor to create a system of 
the ability to ascend. Uh, you know, right now it's rich or poor. Mm -hmm. It's no working class, no middle class, mm -hmm. no upper middle class. And so th those are the things that I'm fighting for uh, in Belize. And so certainly when I come to the States, it's to meet with my counterparts in Congress and mm -hmm. Senate and the governor's house um, so that we could build a strong relationship with Belize and we could get more investment in Belize and more of a recognition of Belize uh, so that those young, uh, you know, girls and boys uh, can have the opportunity that I had in the States, mm -hmm. you know, because I came, to Belize, I came from Belize to the States when I was about eight years old. And I always feel guilty that the opportunities that I had mm -hmm. growing up as a Belizean American, um, my people in Belize don't have, or, or at least not enough of them have. Yeah. So my, my purpose and commitment is to create opportunities so that girls and, and boys from those impoverished communities you know, can be able to thrive. Yeah, so first of all, it sounds a lot like America because we're quickly approaching a place where it is the rich and the poor, yeah. right? Like the middle class is, is really being gutted by mm -hmm. all of what you, I'm sure you watch happening um, from, from there to here. Uh, we just, and of course the pandemic has done nothing but made it worse, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but I, I wanna go backwards a little bit so that we can come back to what your purpose is there in Belize. But I wanna just, because I know there are so many people that wanna understand what happened. So it's time for you to be released mm -hmm. um, from prison. And do you know already as you're getting to the point of release that you're going to be deported or? Well, you know, the way I got deported, they actually had me down as an American citizen. Mm. You know, but being incarcerated is a nightmare. No matter how, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so enduring that nightmare becomes unbearable at times. And so I wanted to just go back to Belize. Mm. Um, and there was a, a, a exchange that they had on, on the books where, you know, they would send you back to your country um, based on certain criterias um, before your time. Okay. So you could serve your time there. Um, and so once I did that, that's when they Recognized. realized that I was a Belizean citizen, uh -huh. right? I was a permanent resident, you know, but when I went into the system, I went into the system as an American citizen. So, so I knew I would have been deported. When the time came for me to be deported, um, you know, I had a bunch of people telling me, no, you know, let's get a lawyer, let's fight it. And I refused, I, I just wanted to be free. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't want to sit in an immigration cell right, for, another, for another day. Right, I not just, two years, forget about I that. I just wanted to be free. Mm. Um, so when the time came, I willingly said, please, you know, let me go, let me go to my home. That's where I was born, I'm okay with that. And if, if it's God's will that I return to the United States, that'll happen when it happens. I just want to be free. How long ago was that? 13 years ago. 13 years ago. Yeah. Okay, so now when you're in Belize, how does politics become your passion? Well, you know, when I first went back to Belize, I wasn't interested in, in politics. I was just interested in being free. Mm. But interestingly enough, everything that I did then is consistent with what I'm doing now. When I landed 
after, you know, uh, my mom and my dad and family met me at the airport, um, the first thing I said was, take me to the children's home, take me to the foster home, take me to wherever the troubled kids are. I want to go speak to them now. They're like, now? I'm like, yeah, now. So I didn't, I didn't go get anything to eat. I didn't go check into my hotel, nothing. I went from the airport to the children's home and to the, to the troubled youth home. So that so service was always on my mind. Right. Giving back was always on my mind. Using myself as an example, as a, a deterrent as to what not to do so you don't get yourself in trouble as a young uh, you know, boy or girl, and as an inspiration as to how you could overcome and endure and have integrity and character um, once you do face an obstacle. So that's what I was doing. You know, I would go to the prisons and I would try to speak uh, to uh the incarcerated, you know, women and men and boys and girls uh, to stop recidivism and, you know, to try to encourage them to transition mm-hmm. when they get out to be productive mm-hmm. citizens. Um, so that's what I was doing. I was doing a lot of charity work, but I wasn't doing it for politics. I was just doing it to be a humanitarian. And, and that's just the way I grew up. That's just what you do. You know, mm-hmm. once you get there, you help everybody else. And so I was traveling. I was in North Africa, Egypt, uh, Israel, Paris, all over the world. And I came to Belize for my mother's 60th birthday. And So you, know, you were traveling as a humanitarian? No, I was, tra- I was just traveling. You just traveling the world? Yeah, right? I wanted to be free. Okay, because you were yeah, being so, free. Yeah. It's part of the freedom process. Yeah, so, right yeah, now. yeah. So, so, you know, while, when I was, was in Belize, I did those things. Right. But you know, my life wasn't to be Mother Teresa. I wanted to be free. So yeah, I do that when I come home, but I need to travel the world. I want to just get on a plane and just go. I just want to be free. So I came back to Belize for my mom's 60th birthday. And, you know, a friend of mine, you know, she was a senator, you know, um, very strong political person. Her name is uh, Julia Timbrell. Mm-hmm. Senator Timbro, she is the one that said to me, you know, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? I'm like, yeah, I'm just traveling, just being free, just, you know, enjoying my life. And she's like, man, you know, it's a lot going on here in Belize and, you know, things are about to change. Like, it's going to be a transition. You have a new set of leaders that are coming up and I, I, I'm not really confident in them. You know, um, you ever thought about getting involved, I don't, you know, what are you doing out there? Mm. Like, you know, I, I don't see you making any records. I don't, like, what's going on? Why don't you come back here? Like, we need you, you know, um, come back here, go to law school, you know, get involved in the community like you did when you first came out. Mm. And I was like, you know, I never thought about being anything other than a musician, um, you know, other than an entertainer, an entrepreneur in music. Um, but when she told me that, you know, I was like, okay, I, yeah, I hear you. And every time I would go to Belize, I would spend time in these communities that I serve now. And when you would see the poverty, when you would see the burdens, when you would see the challenges, the obstacles, like there's people that live in a place called like London Bridge where they got a bunch of crates and you got to walk on crates and there's just water all around. Mm. People that live in a house that they made with plywood and they put like, they don't even have zinc. They don't even have a roof. That was the original crate challenge. right? There. Yeah, right? right. Um, 
So when you see people living like that, I'm like, you know, whatever I've been through, whatever losses I've taken, whatever devastations I've suffered, at least I had an opportunity to make millions of dollars and sell millions of records and fly on private planes and, you know, accomplish my dream as a musician. And what do they have? And I felt, as I felt when I first got off the plane, mm -hmm. that responsibility to do something and to give something to my people, I said, you know what? That's what I need to do. Mm. I don't need to be in Paris, you know, uh, with Jay and with Drake and, you know, being an entertainer. I need to be in Belize with these people that are suffering uh, because I have the vision, you know, I have the desire to make their lives better. Like, that's what I want to brag about. I don't want to brag about a Wraith or a $50 million Airbus. I want to brag about transforming Belize and creating a climate so that there, there could be opportunity for success for these kids the same way I had it. And that's when, you know, seven or eight years ago, I said, you know what? Time for me to go back home. I got into, I didn't go to law school. I got into foreign investment and I just became a community mm -hmm. servant. You know, I was like the vice chair of the constituency. Mm -hmm. And I just started getting into education funding for kids that couldn't afford to go to school, um, you know, parenting classes. Because when you look at the crime, mm -hmm. a lot of these kids that are committing crimes, they come from broken homes. Mm -hmm. Either their, their fathers were committing crimes or, you know, their moms were addicted to drugs or, you know, come from, you know, just very, very broken, uh, you know, family structures. Uh, so I would do things like that, you know, um, leadership classes, entrepreneurship classes, small business development, because I didn't believe in, I didn't get into it to be famous or to be rich. Uh, I got into it to, to lead and to serve and to be able to have the power to encourage my colleagues. Let's get together and, you know, uh, we recently celebrated our 40th uh, birthday in Belize. The next 40 years has to be better. You know, um, I don't know if we've done enough in the last 40 years. I, I think not. Um, but the culture has to change. We need different leaders. We need leaders that are not trying to be, oh, I'm, I'm the minister or, oh, oh, I'm from the House of Representatives. But what are you doing for your people? What are you doing to change the lives of Belizeans and make it better? It has to be bigger than the title. Has to be. But unfortunately, like Senator Timbrell told me eight years ago, it's too many of those politicians. And so, you know, rather How long than, did it take you to become, to, to win your election? Like, how, Well, I started the work eight years ago. Eight years ago and then. Because uh, someone asked me that today. I don't believe in you know, so oh, when's the, when's the election? Right, right. Okay, that's when I'll get in. Yeah, yeah. No, I believe you serve your community. Uh -huh. You you want to you wanna be elected? Serve. Right. And so I started serving. People would tell me, you're wasting your money. You know, you're doing it too early. You know, uh, my predecessor, they said that, you know, he would never retire. They said that they have to bury him in the House of Representatives. So I'm wasting my time. And I said, you know, um, it doesn't matter because I'm still helping people. Mm. So whether I get elected or not, you know, I, I'm blessing people. So, you know, I'll be okay. It's not about getting elected. I'd like to, because then I could, you know, take 
my actions and put it into policy right. and put it into legislation and create a system. See, for me, I don't want it to be, I don't want to be a neo-colonial mm. master. Mm. You know, I don't want pe my people to be dependent on me or any politician. So I want to create systematic change so you don't need to go to a politician. Yeah, That's right. right? Yeah. So, so, so it's going to outlive me. And, and the society that we live in is gonna work for everyone, not just the people that vote for me or not just the people that I like. That's so I, I started mm -hmm. doing that eight years ago. So in 2020, they had the elections and the political party that I'm from uh, had about 21 seats, 20 or 21 seats. We lost every seat except five. And that says to me, it, it was a complete swing tsunami had I not done the work for the last seven to eight years, I would have lost too, because people want to change. They just want to do something different. We tired of those guys. But I did so much work that, you know, people, man, we can't do that to him. You know, he's been there for us. Like, if he did all this for us for the last eight years, imagine when he get, gets elected. And, that, and that's what I've been doing with my own resources, because as an opposition member of the House of Representatives, you get nothing. Mm. You know, if I told you how much we made, you'd laugh. And we don't, you know, we get like 20,000 US dollars for constituency development. Mm. That, that's nothing. Mm -hmm. You can't help, you know, mm. but a few people with that. So I find the resources the same way I've been doing for the last eight years. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I speak on the policies and the legislation that needs to take place so that there can be systematic change, you know, so. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal, man. Just listening to you is purpose. You know, when you yeah. find your purpose, it's not driven by accolades, not yeah. driven by position, it's driven by just doing the work. You know? Absolutely. Like we say all the time, our goal is that we not need it. Like we, they say, so what do you want? We want that the fight that we fight in is we win and we don't have to do none of this. That's work. right. Amen. You know what I'm saying? We don't, we're not trying to be full-time activists. We don't want to be out here risking our lives and our freedom all the time. We want whatever it is we're fighting against to be right so we can go and be peaceful That's and right. live with our families That's and, right. and do all those things. That's so, right. you know, just listening to you, it, it mirrors what it is that we're saying. So what can we do? Like, what can we do to help along your past? Like, you come, you in Belize, you know, you're making this transition back and forth to America, like what is it that you want to see? I want to see America? more people visit Belize. I want to see you guys come down to Belize, invest in Belize, you know, uh, come down, mentor. You can mentor some girls, you can mentor some guys. Um, you know, just, I want Belize to be a bridge between, you know, uh, the United States and, and the Africans here and the Africans in, in Belize and all people in yeah, Belize. Um, diaspora. Yeah, we you know, so I, I just want to see you guys, you know, because once you do that, then you're spending money, you're spending time, you're giving your, your expertise, mm -hmm. you know, you're sharing, you know, um, your life experiences. And, and, you know, one girl wanting to be, you know, Tamika, you know, is enough. But maybe we could get 10, 15, 20, 100, you know, all of them. I want to create a culture of empowerment where our girls and our boys um, believe that they're more than the current status quo. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, the current status quo is if you're poor, you stay poor, you go to jail, you be a gang leader, you know, you support the gangs and that's it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'll give you an example. They try to recently passed a law to disqualify me from the House of Representatives saying that if you committed a crime 
and you were convicted of any crime, you can't serve in the House of Representatives. They've pulled it back. But what that says is that the only people that have interaction with the criminal justice system are the poor people. Right. So they want to try to. Because the wealthy people could afford to get a lawyer. They're politically connected. And those charges are never even materialized. Mm -hmm. So, again, it's it's an effort to keep you where you are rather than opening doors because the House of Representatives is the people's house. Mm -hmm. So everybody belongs there. But it just shows the mentality of some people. So again, I want, uh, you know, all of you, all of your listeners to visit Belize, to invest in Belize and let Belize, you know, be your second home. Mm -hmm. That's what I want because our our GDP is driven by tourism. Mm -hmm. So the more people that visit Belize, you know, the more. But there could be other things, you know, uh, trade, um, you know, I want uh, agro trade. You know, there could be countless opportunities. You can build a movie studio down there. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just so much to do in Belize. So I just want people to visit Belize, appreciate Belize, and and that'll help with everything else. So so you're in Belize. Now you are a member of the the, uh, House House of Representatives. You're in the political party, doing the whole thing. When do you find out that it's okay for you to return to the U.S., that you've been granted the ability to travel back? Well, no, I'm, I'm here as as a member of the House of Representatives. Wow. Um, all members of the House of Did Representatives. You, you didn't even know that at the time when you started running for office. You weren't even thinking about that. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. that wasn't even. Because, you know, I have a good relationship with the State Department yeah. that I've developed over the years. Yeah. You know, but, you know, the Americans, like any other country, could decide who will enter their country and who right. won't. And it doesn't matter whether or not you're a member of the House of Representatives. Mm. You know, there's certain members of the House of Representatives who can't come to the United States. But there's, this is one thing that America got right. Yeah. Like, one thing that this country <laughs> has finally, finally done we properly shine back into the is Amen. that Amen. we have allowed our brothers years. to come back. Yeah, so, so, um, yeah, so as a member of the House <laughs> of Representatives, all members of the House of Representatives, um, you know, get a diplomatic passport mm. and can travel for official purposes. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, leading up to the elections, I was telling, you know, Diddy, I was telling everybody, you know, what my vision is for Belize, the same way I just explained. And so, you know, one of the asks that I made was to please put me in the room with uh, Congressman Meeks. You know, God bless him. He was so gracious, received me while he was voting on the John Lewis um, um, bill, go, uh, voting, voting rights, rights bill. bill mm-hmm. uh, you know, Congresswoman Yvette Clark, mm-hmm. Congressman Hakeem Jeffries, who's a big hip hop mm-hmm. fan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so getting in the room with these people, not just for photo opportunities, right. but to have these discussions that we're having about, you know, the Caribbean, about Belize, is very important. You know, we haven't had an ambassador in Belize since uh, President Obama. Mm-hmm. We've never had a president of the United States visit Belize. Mm. I hope to change that. Mm. You know, I believe relationships is everything. Of course. You know, if 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 I don't talk to you, then if we don't communicate, how can anything happen? Yes. And so I believe, you know, being able to get into these rooms and have these conversations can only benefit uh, Belize. You know, so definitely I had the vision as the elections were coming closer to start making calls and letting my guys know Jay Prince, you know, uh, Killer Mike, you know, Maxine Waters, all these people. Listen, you know, 
I, I want to set up meetings as soon as I get elected so we could talk about Belize. And so said, so done. Thank God. You know, Erica Thomas, she's the um the, the House of Representatives mm -hmm. member in Georgia. Right, Georgia. You know, uh, right. Senator Lester Jackson. You know, there's a whole crew of them down there, the rebel uh, Park Cannon. Mm -hmm. You know, she she got arrested for protesting that's at the right, governor's uh right. the governor's uh, home office. All my peeps. Yeah, yeah, you know, so um yeah, yeah. So yeah, man, we uh, we just want to say thank you for coming to the show, celebrating. This is your twenty first year, twenty first anniversary of the Shine album. Of the yeah. Shine album. That's not why I'm here in the states. No, but, it's not. But, but we just we still yeah. listen. Yeah. We hip hop. Yeah. We can Regardless, we that's our rule. And, and, you know, we want to thank uh, Councilman um, Robert uh, Carnegie, uh, who honored me. Uh, you know, for the the fine arts, uh, <laughs> the contributions that the the Shine album. Me. That's 21, 21 years old. 21 years. You got a 21 yeah. year old baby. Man. Yeah, September 26th. You have babies? I have a, a, a an amazing divine daughter by the name of Naomi. Wow. She's uh, three and a half, oh, going on, you know, 16. And a half. Yeah, yes, yeah. at least. And yeah. my, my wonderful wife, uh, Catherine, who's, mm -hmm. you know, taking care of her. And I don't know, uh, I guess, you know, women. Mothers, I don't know what we would do without them. Because certainly, <laughs> yeah. um, you know. Well, we don't know what we would do without the fathers. Yes, and yes, the brave yes, men who are yes. out here making history. So while we're ending this, I just have to ask because every all my friends would be really upset if I did not, um, uh, excuse me, if I did not dig into the voice. These guys yeah. talk about the voice. The voice. Yeah. So is that what? really got you sort of noticed was it your voice or was it something different no it was my my bars i mean of course the bars but you know the girls are attracted to other things oh, and you that's talk, how you talking about how, how, how i got yeah. successful or how i got discovered to get signed okay mm let's see it's what, a little combination yeah. of both yeah. let's, 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 i mean let's you know it. i think you know well after i i got signed because you know even though mike smoked me I I I had them lyrics. No, he had lyrics. Yeah, I was I was a beast. It was a combination, and you I'm know? gonna be honest because yeah, he had bars. Like yeah. he definitely had bars. So yeah. like you know, I want to acknowledge Don Poole. Don Poole, you know, um, that's um, my brother, Manny, uh, Manny Haley, Mark Pitts. So like, as soon as I went in front of him, they was like, "Hold up, wait, let's wait, let's, let's call Puff. Let's call you know." And it, it had nothing to do with, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what they was thinking. You'd have to ask them what yeah, they was thinking. Yeah, I think the voice but is I thought, a part of it. I it thought it was the bars, you know, no, because the and, and the barbershop, in the barbershop, nobody has any foresight or vision. They just, you know, either you whack or you not. <laughs> or you not. Yeah, the barbershop is the place of truth. That's where you yeah. find so, out. So in the barbershop, I was winning. I was yeah. that guy. It was like, yeah. man, listen, I'm telling you, you better than all them guys on TV. But when did you know you had a special voice? You know, my, my father has the same voice. Mm -hmm. If you ever listen to my father speak, you know, um, but I never thought I had a special voice. I just, you know, my content mm. it was really about the content. It was really about lyricism you know, really about putting it together. Mm -hmm. And I just love music. And so for me, it was always about creating something that would live forever. And you know, people still love that Shine album yeah. and that Godfather Buried Alive album. And that's what I wanted to accomplish. Like, you know, when you listen to Only Built for Cuban Links, when you listen to The Chronic mm -hmm. or, or All Eyes on Me or, or Doggy Style or Life After Death or No Way Out, those are albums that captured mm -hmm. 
the emotions, you know, the vibration, the frequency of, the time, of that time. Of that time. So yeah. you live in their moments and their truths. Mm-hmm. And and regardless of whether you agree or disagree, I just wanted to be able to capture my truth and my energy and my frequency and make you allow you to feel me. Yeah. I always wanted you to feel me. Like I, I never wanted to create anything just for the sake of creating it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I got discovered, that's the energy that I came with. Like, you know, I, I made you, I had such a conviction, like I could run through this wall. Mm. And so when I spit it, you felt it. So that's why I thought I- Yeah, I, no, I, but I, I, got, I, just, I, got I want you to know, you know that while you was running through the wall yeah. and doing the thing, <laughs> your voice was yeah. speaking to us. And you had yeah. said earlier, because I didn't know about the Tupac jail time or yeah. whatever, that maybe I'm one of the young bucks. Yeah. But it wasn't so much that I was a young buck, it's that sure? in 98, like, like I was 18 20. pregnant. You look like you're a few a years older than my Yeah, album. well, I'm not, but yeah. I was I was 18. I was having a baby. There's a lot going on, yeah. you know what I mean? I didn't have time to really focus as much on yeah. what was happening in pop culture because first I was having a baby and then two years later my son's father was murdered yeah. so it was a lot happening transitionally in my life mm-hmm. but I know there was this guy that sound really really good yeah, on yeah. the radio amen. so amen <laughs> amen amen listen, thank you so much listen yeah, you heard what she said yeah you know w- women get to control what's going on well Bonnie and Sean <laughs> Bonnie and Sean that's my record right there all the guys love bad boys, but my favorite record is Bonnie and Sean yeah. because that's the record that the women like. Yep. And and can't believe we're called Tom Thomas. Oh, that's, that's oh, a phenomenal fate. You know, I tell you, uh, so I went to um to see Jay Jay Z yeah. at his eighteenth anniversary. And so you And we know, was all there yeah, together. That's yeah, that, oh that's, that's right. That's right. That's yeah, right. So listen, yeah. yeah, so so before you guys came in, I walked in, right? To the back, and as I walked into the back, can't believe comes on. Mm. What an intro! So yeah. it was great, and I said, "Hoes, man." <laughs> to be clear, look, look. nothing I mean, happened. <laughs> nothing happened Accident. that they don't. That's and I didn't, I didn't pay. The, I didn't pay the DJ because you, you, you know? can't pay the DJ at a Jay Z event. They yeah. just saw you walking down the hall. Nah, I'm saying, listen, <laughs> was playing it before they saw him. Wow. But listen, this is after you come in. That's you already amazing. came in. You taking your drinks. You know, um, I'm just saying the moment that I walked in, I, ha- I haven't seen, you know, Jay in years since we were in Paris. It was just a magical moment. So that's that's, that's that record. It was great to see y'all. That's, in the that's same a great. Room it was, I mean, y'all. That's a great it was record. great to see you there, man. Yeah. It was, it was a dope Poole. event. Don Poole, yeah. Everybody was there, man. Yeah. Once again, man, we just want to say we appreciate you. Just just listening to you and seeing how focused and how driven you are to really make change. That's right, that's all it's about. You know, just to contribute your life for something. You know, it's a lot of people would do things for a purpose and a reason, I'm trying to get some money, and that's cool. But when you have a purpose and it's driven by just wanting to do the right thing, it's just different. And people feel that and they can see that it's authentic, man. So I just wanna wanna say I appreciate you, man, the work you're doing, celebrate that album. That Shine album, one of my favorite albums. I remember I just used to go to the studio and Shine used to play me records. And I'd be like, nah, this is it. Nah, this is it. And I remember one record you was doing, right? And Puff got so mad. You played oh, oh, me yeah, the yeah, street, yeah. Um, street Life record. Yeah, yeah. And I love this record. So yeah. I was like, yo, Shine, this record is fire. Yeah. So we, I go somewhere else and I forgot. He was like, don't tell Puff that you heard the record. <laughs> so yeah. we and somewhere. And I just started humming. Yeah. I didn't say nothing. I was just like, 
I don't know what happened. Yeah, I said, Street, yeah. like, he looked at me like this. How did you hear that? <laughs> you know how he is. He wanted me to He called Sean like, yo, you was letting him listen to the records. Yeah. I was like, Jack, my you bad, Sean. I know what it's supposed to be. My brother wanted me to want to tell everybody first. It's yeah. coming from him first. Yeah. So he was, he, I'm not talking about you, this brother. I'm talking yeah. about Pop. Yeah. You know, yeah. He wanted me to want to introduce it to yeah. the world. It was a good time. It's really, really great to see both of y'all together and to watch the chemistry and the conversation and the minds going. That's so amazing. Y'all street politics. Yeah, we're building and, something and, and here, And I'm the other politician. You're the but, other but politician. But I'm really a street politician. You are exactly. That. That's, you know, look. Yeah. Six yeah. degrees of separation. Right. Yeah. Just, we just moved it to five. That's right. You know? Six feet, though, with your COVID. Oh, my. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> Appreciate you, Sean. Sean, thank you so much thank for thank being for with us. Me. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers, other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. That's how we own it. So today's really turning out to be like an international show um, because uh, it just so happened. It wasn't planned this way. Uh, we had, obviously, our brother Shine on, who we've just talked to. I thought that was, again, such a great interview. Nope, um, Shine, 21 and, years. Yeah, 21 years. And, and now we are joined by a woman who we're just becoming acquainted with. 
um, who is in Colombia. She's a professor, uh, a humanitarian and activist who works on gun violence there in Colombia, trying okay. to curb gun violence and bring down uh, the number of shootings. And um, and and she very much so like our brother Shine. Uh, the reason why we were able to get both of them today is because the United Nations has been meeting and they are uh, both attending different events and, and participating in the United Nations efforts. Um, and, and this young woman, Dr. Lilia Solano, is actually being recognized um, by those individuals who are attending uh, the open session that is happening here at the United Nations uh, this week. So uh, folks know that we tape our shows. And so uh, you are seeing us sort of going back in time to come back to time. And Dr. Solano, uh, we are so happy that you are coming to the U.S. and being a part of uh, the efforts here to spread the message about what is happening uh, in Colombia, but of course, how it relates to what's happening here in the U.S. Um, my son and I work every single day on the issue of gun violence prevention and intervention, and really the larger um, conversation around peace um, and justice, and to have other counterparts in places like Colombia, and of course our, our friend uh, who was just here with us earlier today in a place like Belize, it really is giving uh, or showing how this is a global crisis that we are all a part of. And so we are so happy to have you with us today, Dr. Solano. Thank you for joining Street Politicians. Thank you so much. This is a, a really good opportunity for me to, to share with you about the Colombian situation, the, the many challenges that especially young people, women, indigenous people, Afro-Colombians face trying to, um, to achieve a good life, a better life, dignity. So we have in Colombia this... Um, this bridge between the poor and the rich mm. is a huge bridge. So this, I, I can say the, this is the roots of, of violence. So uh, from time to time, politicians, as, as the program is, is street politicians, um, came to power, but they benefit those uh, rich and with economical and political um Power. very powerful ties right. and then then the people the, the people are almost 70 percent of the population lives in poverty and they they struggle for education for health for food for the basis for for housing so through the years we we have this situation where the powerful controls the politics and, and then they are elected to benefit uh, um, these international corporations. So the, the people struggle so much, but it's still in the street. Many people is um, yelling and fighting for for justice and for equality. Mm. Uh, well, how, how long have you been doing this work, Doctor? I, I grew up in a... In a, in a poor neighborhood in Cali, in another city. I live in Bogota. I I grew up uh, and my mother was a worker and my grandma was a peasant. They were internally displaced by violence. So since I was at school, 
I learn about unjust and I learn about the need for transformation. So I went, then I went to university and, and I was, I was trained as a, as a humanist, but mostly uh, as one who will fight for human rights. And in my country, that's a dangerous uh, profession. Mm. Mm. That's a lot. So, so because of your childhood and your upbringing, you learned about justice and you were, you were like, uh, you wanted to get more involved. And so you started to sort of uh, work within the community and work with people. And what did you focus on first? Was it always violence or how did you get in to uh, fighting for justice and the rights of, of those people there in your community? Yes, I think through, through school years at the university, I study philosophy um, and, and basically we, we learn how to think and then you think and, and then you you learn about um, critical thought. Mm -hmm. So I saw a reality, but then I go, when I went to the university, I confront all these intellectual theories with our realities and ended up, um, I, 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 I find a way mixing the realities and education. So I learned to to look for the roots of yeah. unjust and especially the the control of the land, the economical model, the the, the interest of transnational corporations. So I, I I learned to to fight for the basic, basic fundamental rights and has been through my life that I especially um, in in support with victims of of the what we call state crimes or um, of, or crimes or of economical crimes. So it's it's most that I focus on on those kind of victims, women, Afro Colombians, indigenous people, and youth. Since last year. A huge protest has been taking place in Colombia because the the youth are without education and without house and without employment. So so they just went to the street and 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 then um, they're just yelling for for justice Protesting and yelling for justice. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. it Protesting sounds so much justice. like it sounds so much like everything here that we do here and 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 the model of most activists and humanitarians and people who focus on the work that we do understand that you have to get to the root cause. You have to be able to identify why is there violence? Not because people are bad people, not because they were they were born violent, but there is there's issues with society that makes people who are poor, who are hungry, who are, are, are traumatized, mental illness and everything, it makes them violent. And mm -hmm. we st and it's like we're screaming this from America to Colombia to everywhere, same conversation. Because the reality is, we there's a saying that I have and we've all adopted, is that poverty is violence. And everywhere that you look where there is violence, it stems from poverty. Mm -hmm. If you go to communities where people are well-to-do, and have resources that they need, you just don't see violence. You don't see even police, you know, occupa occupation in those communities because there's no need for that. 
So we understand what the correlation between violence and poverty is. Why not do what necessary to eliminate the poverty? You right. know, because but unfortunately, we live in a capitalist society where people want they need they need poverty. They need poor people mm-hmm. because it funds these governments. All of the the money that they put in and people that they pay to keep us disenfranchised. You know, that's how the government pretty run. That's how economics pretty much runs. The disenfranchised people are the people that they make money off of. So we understand what's going on. So, you know, the work that you're doing is phenomenal and we truly appreciate it. I just want to ask something. They said there was a the negotiation between the yes. Colombian government and the FARC rebels that you were pivotal in and explain to us how that came about. Well, through the years um, has been a uh, uh, strong guerrilla armed group, which was called FARC. So through the media and politicians, they, they keep telling, telling us in our history that all the problems, um, the, the reason of all the problems, it, it was because the confrontation between the government and the left guerrilla group. So we, a group of people from different um, organizations, we work really hard to reach uh, a peace process, a negotiation process. And then uh, after years and years of negotiations, they come up with with an agreement. So what is going on now is that the, the, the both, the government and the guerrilla signed the agreement, but it has been not implemented. Mm. So when they told us the problems, it, it was because the the guerrilla was fighting. So we learned that uh, it's it's the other way around that the problems are really rooted in the economical issues, mm-hmm. um, in 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 the control of politics and the systematic killing of opposition. Mm. So what we have now, we have an agreement that I was signed, but not implemented because those who power, they, they have, the war is a business. It's a business uh, better than peace. So as long as they can um, get profit from war, well, well, they do implemented the war. So we struggle again and again uh, for peace, but we say it's not any peace, it's a peace that has to be rooted with justice, mm-hmm. with social justice, um, and we have to change this. In Colombia, they say if it's cheaper to buy bullets than to make um, a structural transformation like education for all, health, housing, public services, that will be the best for a real democracy. Well, those of power, they say it's cheaper to kill the poor than to, to do all this transformation. So we all start all over again, yelling for peace and for democracy, because we don't have a real democracy. Because in a real democracy, you won't be shot for being poor. But this is a, a reality in Colombia. So they call it uh, terrorist, uh, bandoleros, vandalis, vandalism. Vandalism. I don't know how to say. Yeah, vandalism. Yeah, no, I, yeah. And they justify in the name of those who are 
um, street uh, robbers or street people, but but the reality is um, internal displacement, which is huge in Colombia. Uh, also, executal uh, executions, um, people people has been executed, and also those who are on poverty are the the greater face of the Colombian reality mm-hmm. and, and and thus we are not we are not giving up mm-hmm. we say um, whatever it takes it takes your your life it takes your courage it takes whatever so the young generation they say we don't care we don't in during the pandemia uh, they didn't even have food in a country which have lots of foods and and fruits and so the pe- the young people say not any longer we stand up uh, for hunger so we want something better and they say and we we want it now because has been waiting for generations and generations for for this possibility to have a better Colombia. And we're still we're still fighting for that. And in the top of that, we have um, international corporations' interest that always came be, come before um, the national interest. Mm-hmm. So yes, like in Africa, we do have uh, lots of environmental and, and and sort of all sorts of richness, but it's gone everywhere but not here for the people. Yeah. So, so let me ask well, you, I, you mentioned um, uh, that a part of the problems that you experienced there in Colombia um, is also the corporate, the corporate hold on society and international corporations. Can you talk a little bit about that? And then the, la- the last thing, I mean, for me, I'd like to hear about, you know, how do people receive you, people with power, how do they receive you? Because those of us who speak like you here in America, we receive death threats. Um, you know, we are we are not uh, always uh, welcome in our own society because they want us to be quiet, to, you know, to don't speak too much about these issues. So I wonder, do you experience the same there in Colombia? So first, the corporate piece. Um, and then also, you know, how, how, what do you experience from a personal perspective being out there fighting for justice? Yes, I can give a number of examples, but I can give one, uh, um, for example, with mining. Um, people in, in rich areas of Colombia where it's mining, they suffer poverty mm-hmm. because big corporations came and take the the oil and take the, the the gold and take emeralds. So it's a, such a huge contradiction. But then when people protest in Colombia, uh, it's fame that right right wing um, uh, guns, um, I don't know how to say it, squats. So they came and joined with militaries. We call it paramilitaries, mm-hmm. militaries and paramilitaries. Uh-huh. One cause to to eliminate people who protest, people who say no, people who who is in opposition, and also, um, for example, big companies 
they contact militaries for security and those militaries subcontract paramilitaries. Mm. So areas of, of lots of well are controlled by by these um, by these groups. So by the, these armed groups. And also here we have in the top of that a huge problem uh, and, and it has to be with with drugs because um, Colombia sadly is a country that grow coke. So this coke is turned into cocaine, but those who are hit the most are the peasants. Mm-hmm. The poor peasants. The low level. The, low level. The low level, exactly. So we maybe later in another program I, I can explain because I investigate those types between between these mafias in Colombia with the with an international uh, agencies for example in your country so they these drug dealers and and agencies uh, like they pretend to find the the drugs for example CIA and then ended up there is an alliance instead of fighting against the the drugs so it's it's a more complicated pro- problem no black and white the colombians who grow and are dry dealers and the and the, the poor guys in the states no it's 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 a huge problem that has to to be taken into account in a different way not by criminalizing colombians and the peasants and in in this point um it's very important that you will know that many many colombians suffer because the demand for for drugs and those the mm. poorest are hit by this kind of politics in colombia they fight um north americans fight uh, the war against drugs, the war against terrorism, and still fight the war against communism. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. by fighting these three wars, those who who are hit the most are the poor, are the peasants, are the women and Afro-Colombian communities. So um and I and I I, I will move to, to the other question that you that you asked me. The, the second one about my personal experience. I, I've been um, threatened. I've been many times, fa- I faced many times um, the, 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 the amenaces, threats that they told me because I'm, uh, I'm insurgent, because I fight for the poor. So I always they they want to be to they want you to be objective. You fight fifty percent for this and fifty percent for that. Mm-hmm. And I always say I am totally with the victims, mm-hmm. and I don't have to present myself as an as an objective woman because I I fight for the rights, but especially for the social, political, and economical rights. That's right. Okay, so the U.S. has acknowledged your work. Talk about that. Yes, I I, I used to say that um, in many in many moments that um, we will dream for a day that 
um, we'll, we will fight just for for other things, not just for peace, peace and peace, but uh, an international, um, let's say, recognition of my work as a human rights defender. Uh, in Colombia, many of us are human rights defender. That's why this country is not in a worse shape. So because my commitment to peace and human rights work, they give me, they recognize me in, in a ceremony, which, which will be very, very, very important for me, for the people that I work with, and, and also for this strong need that we have to, to connect internationally, because as you mentioned in the beginning, we, we fight for the same stuff. Right. In the, by the end, we are in the same um, need of solidarity, in the same need of coming together for, for rights and for peace. And as much as we gather with international community, I, I used to say that not only represented by countries, but represented by people, by movements, by by the struggle. Mm. If we join together for the struggle for for peace and justice, there will be possibility for a better world. Mm. So in that sense, I'm so happy to go. I'm so happy to be a face and a voice. Um, and we're still hoping that uh, especially the North Americans, when they when they will understand the strong role they play in our countries in Latin America, yeah. but especially in Colombia, they will join for our peace, and then really will be will be a step ahead. Wow! Wow! Yeah, well, we want to so thank you insight. for your work. You know, because like you said, we do the same work over here. So to see that the same struggle exists, we know that it exists. But just hearing that there are other people who have the same passion for justice and civil rights and just to want to see that the people are represented properly and people have a voice, yeah. you know, to be the voice of the voices. We wanted to say thank you. And hopefully we can connect because it's the same exact struggle all over this world. And just keep doing the work that you're doing. It is appreciated. And we're glad that you were celebrated and continue to do what you do. Stay safe out there. Dr. Lilia Solano, uh, we appreciate you coming on with us from Colombia. You stay safe and continue to keep fighting and know that you have friends here in the U.S. that are here to support you. Yes. La lucha continua. Ah, ah okay. La what lucha. do I do? Oh, this. Continua. Continua. Continue. The fight continues. The fight continues. Take care. God bless. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. 
There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more, connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and an Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. That's how we own it. Dr. Lilia. Celano. Dr. Lilia Celano. I love her name. Don't work, man. You know, just, it's crazy just hearing that and understanding that the same exact struggle was just everywhere. It's everywhere. And then, you know, basically what she's saying is that Colombia, unfortunately, is synonymous with this idea of like drug culture and and the mafia. And it's unfortunate. And of course, the Colombian people are not. But Colombia as a country has a history of drugs and, of course, the what is it the coca coco no the, the yeah coca. coco the coca, coca the coca which has been turned into cocaine that's mm-hmm. a fact Correct. and unfortunately the little people that are peddlers sellers they are the ones that experience the you know enforcement and they get arrested they get criminalized which i'm not saying that if you out there selling drugs that you should just be allowed to do it and it's okay that's not the point but nonetheless, those are the individuals that are criminalized. And the, the people who actually are at the highest level of it, they just they yeah. actually have meetings with, you know, the government of the U.S. sometimes. And they're the main distributors. The, the low-level distributors are always the ones who get in the years. These people are sitting, relaxing with millions and billions of dollars after they do a major distribution around the world. But is it distribution? There. Yeah, it's definitely distribution. But I mean... It has to be, there's a point when you're just not even, like I'm trying to figure out, I get the distribution part. Mm -hmm. I understand like, I'm just using a movie. Like I see distribution on the level of Supreme, I mean, what was his name? You wanna rumble, you know, you wanna rumble with me. What's his name? You wanna rumble? Scarface, right? So Mm -hmm. I understand the that is the million dollar, Billion dollar, but that's not what I'm talking Frank about. Lopez. There's a okay, so then Frank Lopez, and I even told my Frank Lopez, and then they he was getting it from other distributors, the people that wanted to blow up the the DA person because they were the main distributor that you never seen 
that he had did the investigation on. You never seen them. They had estates in different countries. They told him they was worth ten billion. This one was worth a hundred million. These was the main players, and they was giving it. Okay, I'm gonna go higher. Okay, go higher. So then, who? Okay, that's fine. Those people are literally involved some kind of way in the distribution of drugs down through layers to the people who peddlers on the street. That's right. But I'm saying that there is a force, Mm -hmm. right? Which I believe, unfortunately, is the government. Of course, the thing is this. But they're not distributors. You see what I'm saying? They're not distributors. What they do is, and some of them are distributors because the government has access to the place where the coke guy is going. They know the main pla- the main places they're going. They own the real estate and all that. So what they do is they grow it and somebody pay- they give it to somebody else and say, hey, we just need this amount back. Or No, the- you can't say that. Oh, no, that's what's happening. No. If- you can't say that. I mean, that. can't I wanna live in a world where you don't where we believe Yo, listen to me, what do you think? What is the difference between uh a drug dealer and big farmer? What you think? Wow. What's the difference? Whoa. A pharmacy sells the same drugs that you sell. They just sell so, them in different quantities. They sell crack. No crack. They sell. They sell the ingredients that's in crack. No. Yeah. You listen to me. There are drugs that you get from the pharmacy that have maybe the not same, crack, but I get your point. Yeah. You can, heroin. Exactly. Like, they, right. they sell the same exact thing. So uh, right now, people are using prescription drugs. Right. Th- that's the they main give you thing. A heroin field. Exactly. So the bottom line is. It comes from people. Somebody's cutting, cutting the middleman out. They like, down. okay, look, we're gonna take this out of here. We're gonna we're gonna have this. This is the street value. We're gonna do this legal. We're gonna give this to these people because we're gonna triple and quadruple the money over here, and we still gonna. But make, that's against some kind. Somebody needs to go every, to jail or is, something about that. They do go to See, jail. See, I'm not really educated on this, but yeah. I know it exists. But I'm just trying to say, like, they do go to jail. The person the, who got caught with it over there, he can't tell you who gave it to him up there because it's it's way too beyond him. So by the time they catch it and like where you got this from, he just gonna say I got it from JoJo. Who is just you? Somebody else, and he gonna say, "Well, I got it from such and such." And then those people are somewhere, of course, that they don't have no distribution. They don't have no um communication. No, with? not communication. They don't have Information? authority. Oh, they don't have oh, right. So the U.S. What's the word have I'm looking for? Jurisdiction. Exactly. They don't have the jurisdiction over where it's at, so it just stays over there. Like the reality, if you look at all of these Pablo Escobar and them. They was they was main people. They didn't have U.S. didn't have distribution to get to Pablo. No, they, they didn't had jurisdiction. I mean, exactly. They didn't have jurisdiction to get to them, and they had to form all kinds of federal task force and all type of things to, to actually work with. to work with them. But there was somebody higher than him. He was paying off government officials. He literally was paying off government officials to say, "Yo, we're gonna put this on planes. We're gonna put this here," and they were just turning their head. The go- the whole government was corrupt. The whole government was corrupt. But those are other countries. Exactly. And that's what... So that's now the I don't want to believe that my American government... So when it gets here, there's a, there's a, <laughs> I don't want to believe that my crazy? American government, for the country that I fly... I don't fly the flag, but the flag is flown. And we salute the the men and women look at what Frank Lucas, of our... If you look at what? Frank Lucas, he went over across seas, brought it back, paid people... To put it on ships when it got here, That's they paid movie. somebody else. No, but this was the reality that was going on. It's the same strategy. You think that 
boatloads. Sometimes they got to catch. Oh, every remember now and then. when the bank, the bank, the bank yeah. had boat the, the 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 tanks. Oh, what are, you know? What are those things called? The what are those things called? The the, the 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 trailers when you see them in the water. The containers. Okay, there you go. Yeah, they they had the containers yeah. in the water it's with all the drugs job. on it, and then all of a sudden it just went away. I never heard what was the follow up. Who went to prison? It was nothing. No, but that's not my government. This is your government. Oh Lord! If you look at the Watergate scandal, it's <laughs> just think about it. like this is your government. They they said that they brought drugs here to distribute. Here. Like this is it's, it's documented that the government brought drugs to our community. I mean, reason. okay, so I understand that. And when I see that, I see it as a lower sort of level issue. What do you mean lower? The government said that they intentionally put drugs into our right. Neighbors. So what do you mean? But I'm trying, level? I'm saying that, okay, 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 okay. I'm trying to figure out what they put the level. drug, I get that. But what I'm trying to understand, so you're saying that basically somewhere in the atmosphere, a person or people that we don't really know, they are in relationship with and in bed with people from other countries and that there is a distribution that's happening that's black market or underground. I mean, that's some deep shit. But it's, it, that is really much pretty much common sense. Wow. People are not getting kilos. We have one of the biggest intelligence in the world. Like, they can see... And they don't know. Right. Right. Everything. And you telling you me... You running down the street from robbing the store and they, and they like, that was they Leroy. They feet and follow where you go. <laughs> but you telling me they don't see hundreds of thousands of kilos of drugs just being shipped in here every day. But it's then... But okay, but Mice, you can't sit here and tell me that Officer so and so who watches the screens and the things is the one that's respond is Which not they, they catch cops every day. Every day you catch crooked cops who who taking bricks or or been distributed. <laughs> I was locked up in jail where it was COs was literally bringing drugs to the jail. They was they was giving it to and when the dude got caught, he told if he told on the CO, the CO would just be like, nah, the same. If he stopped and they couldn't did nothing. The, the person who got caught with is the only person that went to jail. The CEO, they start monitoring it and catch him. But once he knew that this person got caught, most of them just like, nah, I'm done. I'm done now. So he good. The little man is on the totem pole is the one who goes down. Just like Jamila tells about her story in, in the bank. She, they taught her how to skim the skim. Not as skim the skim. They told her. They said, look, this is what we do. And, and she got caught with it. And she said, look, this is what they've been doing. They told her. They got told two me years, this. Look, I can show you that 14. they did it. And they was like, nah, we good. Don't worry. We ain't worried about that. You though. You're gonna go and get this this devil this year. I mean, I know what you're saying is right. I do. But sometimes I like to, I wanna be able to feel. That I I don't I I just don't want to believe everything is just as bad as it is. Well, that's where the problem is, and you know they they said the the biggest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he didn't exist, mm. and, and that's what we live in. We live in in a matrix, right? People want to believe so much, like the promise of freedom and all of this. We want to believe that, like we want to believe that that's actually what the country is. We want to vote in politicians and people and say yo. This person really could do that. But when you look at the whole infrastructure and what it's based on, the reality is that this country was never based on the principles 
that they they trying to sell to us. It just even if those principles actually arise in the beloved community we have, the whole structure of this country has to fall. It's built on capitalism. Capitalism is built on poverty. It's built on there being a lower class of people who need to spend everything and, and, and funnel and and pretty much fund the whole everything else. So if you eliminate poverty in the lower class, there's no structure for capitalism. Mm-hmm. Well, I hear you, but I just I'm like, because if you when you tell me all of this, I can't obviously there's not a machine that's doing it. There's a human that yeah. is involved the, the in human this. Is in and the we see these humans because they are not invisible people. Mm-hmm. They are they they are I mean maybe we don't see them but they are they are among the world like us the country there's somebody who is responsible for this stuff and it's re- because and, and and the reason why of course it impacts us is because when you talk about Frank Lucas it actually trickles down to mothers and fathers and children yeah. who are on drugs who have left their families you know, we talk about the 80s, probably the only time in history where we have watched mothers sell their babies in the ways in which happened in that era, in the crack era. I mean, we just this has really hurt us and no one is responsible for it because even previous governments that have had to admit to pushing drugs into our communities, they died before the 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 there was any sort of, uh, I want to say reckoning, but there really hasn't been a reckoning. There's just been some exposure but of you the just truth. Look at, just look at America and the strategy, right? When you look at tax breaks, when we talk about how Trump said he didn't How pay much he paid? I don't know. It was something stupid, like, like $1,200 just think about something. that, right? This is a multi-millionaire, almost billionaire person who who is able, he said, I, I utilize the system. He knows the system. He utilized the system that was built for him to benefit him. Yeah. You can't utilize the system that works for him. The average person can't utilize because they don't have any resources. They don't have anything in order to utilize that. So this country is not built for the poor. It's not built for every. And if everybody had the same opportunities, then it would crumble. Mm. They can't. The, equality does not work for capitalism. Mm. If it has to have me saying I want more than you have. Right. If, if, if we. And order, I got to work. I got to work for you. I got to step on you. And I have you. to spend my money everywhere but in my own community. I got to do everything I got to get me a Louis bag and a poopy too. So I can say you don't Gucci have it and I do. And I'm here. And, a, and long as I keep Which I like it, some of that stuff. Yeah, the thing is, you like it because there was a time you didn't have it. Because you see it and it, it's a status symbol. It, it represents comfort. Well, it actually, rep- some of it is nice. But the, the nice... What, what about it is nice? The niceness of it is not that it just looks... It looks nice, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you say, wow, it causes this. It it's costs, a status. It costs. It costs. It costs. You understand what I'm saying? And it's a status symbol. People recognize something. It gives me some level of esteem and prestige. No, and yeah, I don't see all I don't say it's esteem. You don't think so? No esteem. So when you buy so when you so when you buy Because people, so listen to me. So, so so tell me this. When people buy fifteen thousand dollar bags. I've never, I don't have a $15,000 I'm saying when bag. people, there are people who have that. I don't right? have that. Right? There are people who have $10,000 bags. People who have 5000 You see, he tried no. to like, he like, no, no I'm going to come to no, your because number. I just want you, I'm going to get Because on your the bottom page. line is, it's not, 
Because we understand it's a status symbol. People say that they go, whoa, that cost this. They don't look and say, damn, that package is marvelous to look at. It's the most That's not beautiful. true. I don't know what you're talking about because my bags that are expensive, I'm not going to sit here and lie. Do they look? Do, so they, do, uh, mine you, are marvelous. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> what to look at? I'm going to ask you a question. Uh-huh. Do, are you able to say that you have bags that cost less that look better than No. Others? So that's the best looking bag you've ever bought? Yes. I would say that and the reason why I'm saying that to you is because I'm not motivated by the same thing that other people are motivated by. I'm going to say so this. I can Most go stuff to that store. costs a lot of money is ugly. Not, that's what? not true. That is 100% fact. What do you mean most? Most of the things, listen to me, most of the things. Why are you talking to Janice all the way over there I'm just being I'm honest, over here? Because I'm trying to say this. I'm, I'm just being but honest. But can, right? can I just finish like, my As much point? as I like a Birkin bag and it's cute, I don't see nothing better than a Hermes bag that costs Five thousand dollars less. I probably would buy that more. I look at mm-hmm. a Louis Vuitton bag, and I like the designs better than the bag that costs fifteen to twenty thousand. But I, I, I've seen but bag the, bags. I've but, watched bags that cost that cost two hundred dollars that I've looked. Now you look lie. I'm just saying. I'm That's talking about. Lie. I'm talking now, about I mean, visually. Go, I understand. Visually. Listen, 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 listen. First of all, I'm the I'm the expert on this issue here. Okay. okay. I'm just. And let me you just can't say be an expert on how something looks. Let looked me to let me just let impossible. me just say. Let you me can't. just say. How can somebody else be an expert on how something looks? Let me just say. Let me just say. I am definitely a high low shopper, right? So I got stuff that is all different types of prices. And I have things that have no name that are very, very nice. And it doesn't matter. And we can, we can, we can all do that, right? So I absolutely, I agree with you. But you are not about to sit here and tell me that my Birkin is as is is not as fancy as something that I also have in my closet that's two hundred dollars. You're just not gonna. Tell but that's me that. your personal opinion, and I can say that I don't agree. Right? My thing is this. This is what I'm going to say. There are things in our society, right, that probably cost more than a Birkin or cost, oh, less, yeah. or cost less, right? But right now, the Birkin is the status symbol. There are things that we don't know nothing about that people have seen that cost more or cost less that just look beautiful. And most people don't go get it. If you look at the bags that most people have. That's that, not true. Okay. That's not true. So tell Mike. me, tell me. That's a, their do trend. you have? Do you have? I'm, I'm just going to ask you a question. Yes, sir. Do you know people within the circle that buy off name bags that just look cute? Yes. You want to know what the new bag is that we buy? That is it's not a name. as no. You, you so don't what even know it? what I'm. Do- well, everything okay. has a name. But that's I'm if you go get you. you a Conway bag, it's got a name. It's the Conway bag, no. and every and you feeling the Conway bag. I don't know what the name, name. is. But that's what I was getting ready to tell you. The Protect Black People bag, which Dwana Thompson bought me one, and I see black people wearing them all over. It is not a big, you know, it's not a Birkin. No, it's not. And of course, I understand the point of what you're saying, but I'm just telling you that that is a bag that people have bought that is that is not a major $10,000 brand that black women really like. I'm just saying. I so I'm just. I don't see an advertiser worn. Yeah, no, of course you don't see Birkins advertised. Advertised. You yeah, just it's in every song in the world. Every okay, video well, that's true. About I, I was every, thinking about a different yeah. type of advertisement. All I'm saying is that first of all, we 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 as black people deserve luxury, which I don't think you're saying we don't. We deserve luxury, 
And when I walk into a store, if I'm looking for something that I need to wear to a nice event, I don't have a problem with the H&M dress that is just fabulous. And I have pictures. I can pull them up and show you that there's been my H&M dress. Now my H&M dress might be mixed with, you know, a lube shoe, a red bottom or something like that. But I still know how to mix it all in. And I think it's all about your taste and your fashion, your style, and where you're going to find the best types of things that help you feel confident in self. But it's not, oh, I'm going to go to the store and no matter, because there are people out here like that, no matter how ugly it is or how, how unattractive it is, I don't like to use the word ugly, but no matter how unattractive it is, I'm going to get it just because everybody else is getting it. That's not me. And most of my friends, they don't shop I'm just like that. This, right? I'm just but saying. I do need another Birkin. I'm just no, I'm just messing no, with no, you. No, no, I'm just saying <laughs> tags and labels are pretty much what defines most of the things, right? And that's the era we in. And that's how pretty much life is, right? And what's high end and what's high end is something that's celebrated. So when we bring it back to what we were talking about, those at the top mm-hmm. are people that is celebrated, they're not going to get locked up. They're not going to get... Face any consequences. Face any consequences. And talking about drugs, it brings me to my I don't get it. <laughs> which we did... This is... We, we might never have enough time for this I don't get it. But... <laughs> where, where do they make K2 at, first of all? Who who knows where they make it? I don't know, but it's some research that needs to be done. Because, child. listen to me, I have seen in the last couple of days and weeks I've seen the effects of K2 that are just unbelievable like it is it's 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 a phenomenon to me I've watched people on the corner go through whole routines as if nobody else is there like that when they high like when they high it's it's, it's you've it's, seen this before though because I've when you seen think it, about the right heroin now, epidemic no heroin epidemic is just they're nodding. They're, I've seen, you know, you they're nodding. They're almost falling. Yeah, you know, they almost. Thing. No, no, a K two person is. That's true. They do a little more. Completely in another world. He is in another world. She. she, yeah, she. They are in completely a whole another world. They, they're so far from themselves that it is unbelievable. Like it is like. Yeah, because Doctor Jekyll yeah, and Mister no. Hyde. Because you and um, you and I and Angel. No, you Angel. Okay. Because you, Angelo, and I just sat the other day after leaving one your meeting, and and we watched these three people do some real strange things. There was it was thing, and I just don't get it. I don't get how is it even legal? Like why you, are they selling you can it? Buy, you can literally buy K two at a regular store. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, and this is marijuana. this is unbelievable. Like it's probably more dangerous than the rest of the drug. I don't see a drug. That is more that it may be as dangerous as as K two, but I don't see a drug right now that I've seen that has the effect on people that is worse than K two. Yeah, no, it's and serious. I really just don't get it, man. Like somebody need to tell I, if y'all why are viewers they sell that why in they the sell store. it. It's tell me the, where where like where has does it come from? It's they say it's sort of like potpourri. You know how they used to sell the potpourri. Well, they still sell potpourri, I'm sure, but that's what it is. It's so synthetic. So they smoke in potpourri. It's basically something like that. It's like potpourri, and so and, and, and shout out to uh, Victoria Pinnell and Mary Pinnell, our friends in the movement. They've been on this fight for, uh, against K two for a long time, for many years. In, in fact, a lot of people, uh, uh, um, 
uh, um, excuse me, uh, what's his name? I can't think. It's another guy that is coming, not coming to my head. And then, of course, Kirsten John Foy. Uh, there's been a number of leaders that have been on this K2 issue for years. Because at one point, now, there for people who are listening that don't live in New York, if you could just for a moment really think about this. There is a street in New York City, which is Lexington Avenue and 125th Street. That down to about what? 25th, I mean 23rd, all the way down. About, about two two blocks. And there's a shelter that's right in the middle of it that when... when it used to be a Pathmark there. They didn't shut that the they, Which was Pathmark would be a supermarket. But I there was a, there was a, a shelter that was there too many years ago. And they gave the top part of the shelter to my youth group at the time, the youth move, which was through the National Action Network. So we used to be there every Friday and Saturday doing our work in a shelter that was full of people who were addicted to all kinds of things. So we got to see up close and personal. And to your point, still never did I see people that look like they look on the K2. Nope. So on the at the corner stores, this is so if for people who are listening, they never been you don't know how 25th Street and of course for people who do, you know exactly what we're talking about. There's four corners. And at least two of the corners have stores. Regular bodegas as we call them, right? Which is that's the that's the little the little street, the little corner store where you go get all your stuff, your quick purchases. Yep. The store was selling it over the counter. I, like, but they say cigarette. They, I mean, there's so many people like, well, they sell cigarettes. They sell some, you know, they sell beer. The liquor store sells liquor. All these things are killing people. So that's the that's the balance of the conversation. They like there's a bunch of stuff that we sell in all in, everywhere that's killing people. That's a whole other conversation because you know I'm worried about the booty. I'm not gonna have that conversation. But um, six feet. That's all I'm gonna say. Whatever. But I'm just saying, there's, and, and, and it's not just, it's a lot of things that it's being sold. Exactly. But to your point that you're not getting into is that there are multiple things that in our society is being sold. That kills. That's harming people. Yeah. Right? And so folk feel like why they can't sell the K2? Legally? You can't, <laughs> you can't just walk in the store and even buy weed. They ain't got weed over the counter in, in the bodega. They don't sell crack. You can't at sell the crack store. over the. They ain't selling no heroin needles over. They ain't selling. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, thirties over the counter. They're not selling. They just not selling it. You know a little bit, a lot too many things. Listen, about this man, culture. I wasn't always accurate. This is true. Well, I, I, you know, I think we have covered a lot. Today. I think we covered too much, man. You know, because it's, it's so much to it's cover. It's way too much, man. Shout out to our guest. Shout out to Sean. 21 years for the Shine album, the anniversary. Shout out to him for coming up. Shout out to Dr. Lilia, Lilia, Lilia Solano, Solano for our, her humanitarian work that she does in, in Columbia. Columbia yes. and everywhere. And shout out to everybody who's been watching and downloading the podcast. We're moving up to number one. We appreciate y'all. <laughs> you know, I shouldn't be laughing because we do need to move up to no, number one. But it's funny because, you know. No, it's not funny. I don't see where the joke is. <laughs> exactly. Number one. We number are one podcast in the world. Number one in our heart. We appreciate y'all. Make sure that y'all keep tuning in. Let us know what y'all want to hear. Tell us you like us. Tell us you love us. 
Tell us you don't like us. No, just give us don't some tell feedback. Us you don't like us. No, just turn to the next. Nah, just go to the next podcast. Tell me you don't like me. I can take it. I can take it, man. But yeah, we no, appreciate y'all. We can. And as always, I'm not gonna always be right. Tamika is gonna be right, wrong most of the time. <laughs> Sometimes she might be right. But we will both always, and I mean always, 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 That's be how okay. We own it. Peace. That's how we own it. Listen to Street Politicians on the Black Effect Network on iHeartRadio. And catch us every single Wednesday for the video version of Street Politicians on iWomen.tv. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR. 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details.